Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm glad that you've come back today as we continue our study of the book of 1 Corinthians. And today we're going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, if you have looked at this before today, uh, it kind of seems, and, and I think I mentioned this yesterday, it can be kind of easy to lose sight of what Paul is talking about. Uh, because it seems like he just completely changes gears here at the beginning of chapter 10. Uh, because he's going to start talking about idolatry and warning them against idol worship. And again, if we're not careful, sometimes we can miss that connection that he is making from chapter 8 to chapter 10. Now, if you remember the end of chapter 8 and all of chapter 9, he's been talking about sacrificing personal liberties. But if you remember at the very beginning of chapter 8, I'll, I'll go back and read this uh, for you. He says, Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess, possesses knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. He's really going to be in chapter 10, kind of continuing along that point. So in chapter, at the end of chapter 8 and chapter 9, he's talking about sacrificing personal liberties, but towards the beginning of, of chapter 8 and chapter 10, he's been talking about how the fact that certain knowledge puffs us up. And because of that, we might let our defenses down. And so that's what he's talking about here in chapter 10. If you remember again, going back to chapter 8, they had, they supposedly possessed this knowledge that idols were nothing, that they meant nothing. Eating that meat that was offered to them meant nothing. But because of this knowledge, they had become so puffed up that they had, in fact, taken it too far and had sinned. And he's going to get into that and make that point throughout this chapter. But we'll start there uh, in verse 1. He says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness." Now, this is something that's really interesting. He opens this up by using the Old Testament example. And if you look through the first four verses, I believe it's five times. Yeah, I believe it's about five times, four or five times, he uses the word all. Uh, the first one is there in verse 1. He says, all were under the cloud. The second one also in verse 1. All passed through the sea. The third one in verse 2. All were baptized into Moses. The fourth one in verse 4. All ate the same spiritual food. And the last one in verse 4. Uh, all uh, drank the same spiritual drink. So he's saying, look at the, the example of the Israelites. Because the Corinthians perhaps maybe had this idea you know, they had all of this knowledge. There was no, uh, there was no way that they were going to fall away. They were okay. They were good. But he's saying, look at this example of them. All of them went through the same process. All of them did all of the same things. But in verse 5, with most of them, God was not pleased. 
They all had gone through the same process. They had all been baptized into Moses. They had all left Egypt. They were doing all of these things together. But still, even then, with most of them, God was not pleased. And as it says, they were overthrown in the wilderness. Going back to chapter 8 and verse 1, that knowledge puffs up. Paul is warning them, though they have obeyed the gospel, though they perhaps have that knowledge, to still be careful because there is a possibility that they can still fall away and fall even back into idolatry. Using that example, the Israelites, they had done all of these things. They had left Egypt. They, again, were baptized into Moses. They drank the same spiritual drink. They ate the same spiritual food, but they still were not pleasing to God. He is warning them to be careful, to really examine themselves so that they don't fall away. He continues there in verse 6, Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not uh, be idolaters as some of them were as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up early to play. That's a quote from Exodus chapter 32 and verse 7. Uh, whenever the children of Israel were there in the wilderness and Moses was up on the mountain receiving the commands from God. And while he was up there, they supposed that Moses was dead. And so they got Aaron to build them a golden calf uh, so that they could worship it. He's saying that's the reason why they were destroyed. That's the reason why they were overthrown, because they became idolaters. In verse 8, he says, We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. That goes back to Numbers uh, 25, whenever they began to worship Baal. And a part of that worship, of course, was that sexual immorality. He's saying, Be careful so that you don't fall back into these things. Because the children of Israel did, and when they did, they were punished by God. Verse 9, uh, he says, We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. Uh, Numbers 21 records that. Uh, when, of course, they were complaining, as he says even in verse 10, nor grumble as some of them did, and they were destroyed by the destroyer. They were working and, and fighting really against the Lord. Uh, there in verse 10 is a reference to Numbers uh, 14. And because of that, again, God punished them. Though they had been baptized into Moses, though they were under the cloud, though they had passed through the sea and done all of these things, because they went back to that idolatry and were resisting God, they were punished. And as it says in verse 11, these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for us for our instruction on whom the end of the ages uh, has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. That's really the key to at least the first part of this chapter. To take heed lest we fall. To not think that we have it all figured out. The Corinthians, they thought that they had it all figured out. Going back to that quote in verse 1, uh, again, we're, we don't know specifically, but we suppose that that was a quote from the letter that the Corinthians wrote that all of us possesses knowledge. He's saying, 
not all of you do, first of all, as he talks about in chapter 8, but also there uh, here as he's discussing, to take heed lest we fall. That knowledge can puff us up. That knowledge can make us think that we have it all figured out. And Paul is saying the moment we think we have it all figured out is when we're going to fall. And that is what happened to those who were at Corinth. They thought as far as this idolatry thing was concerned, they had it all figured out. They were good to go. So they could do whatever they wanted to do. And Paul is saying, no, that's not true at all. You don't have all of that knowledge. You don't have it all figured out. And in fact, because of that, you have fallen in uh, to sin. Uh, there in verse 13, he says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Paul reminds them that though, of course, they are dealing with this temptation, though they, of course, will deal with various other temptations, obviously, he gives them that encouragement and that comfort that what they're dealing with here is something that others have had to deal with. Even the children of Israel, as he pointed out before, they've had to deal with it. But he gives them that assurance that God is faithful, that he won't let us be tempted beyond our ability, but with the temptation, as he says, he'll provide a way of escape. Now, when we think about this, he he is not saying that God is going to prevent us from sinning. Of course, we ultimately still have uh, a choice to make. When we are faced with those temptations, it is up to us whether we are going to give in or whether we are going to seek out and take that way of escape. But he gives us the promise. God will always give us that option. God will always provide that way of escape so that we can overcome temptation, whatever it may be. Whether it is all of these things that Paul is talking about here with idolatry or any other sin. God provides that way for us to overcome it. Uh, but that's what he's talking about there uh, in verses 1 through 13, warning them against falling back into idolatry, not thinking that they have it all figured out, because when they do, that's when they're going to fall. Uh, but we'll stop there and we'll pick up in verse 14 tomorrow. Uh, I thank you so much for your time and for your attention, and please come back as uh, we'll continue studying this.